Welcome back to another episode of the Modern Cop Podcast. Uh, a few weeks late, guys, having a three-year-old is exhausting. Um, and uh, being a detective is also sort of exhausting. Um, I've had a lot of work to do as of uh, as a late, been a little on the busy side. Life happens, um, but here we are. So this is a, an episode I've been wanting to do for a while, and this is going to be like a precursor to this uh this big episode that I've got planned for August 18th. Um, and uh, also, I'm doing this with uh, IG Live. Uh, ben Say, what's up, man? Um, the Ben Say did uh, all of the modern cop artwork that you see out there. Uh, big shout out to him. Uh, so the, the episode I've got coming out on the 18th is all about recruiting and retention. Um, this episode is going to be a very brief sort of discussion about generational differences in law enforcement. I'm shooting from the hip here. I don't, uh, I don't have a whole lot of notes, uh, going on. Um, let me know if you guys on, on Instagram can hear me. Okay. Otherwise I can try and link it over Bluetooth. Um, uh, I don't know that's going to work in this current setting, but let me know if you can, uh, hear me please. So, uh, this whole thing with generational differences in law enforcement, um, I am, uh, leaving, person's crimes investigations and going into uh, recruiting. Um, I don't know when, but uh, I have been selected for that uh, that position. And so what uh, what that's done is it's got me thinking a lot about um, getting people into this job uh, and, and to be police officers. Um, not the, you know, we, we used to fill... I say we, the global we, uh, we used to fill conference centers um, or conference rooms rather uh, with with test applicants, uh, convention centers, things like that. And now we get, you know, 50 applicants, uh, which is more, I mean, uh, I think we've got 50 applicants and one we have coming up at my agency. Um, that's up from, uh, you know, 20 to 15 to 20 applicants just a, a year or two ago. So I think we're, we're starting to move back in the, in the right direction. Um, but, uh, generational differences in law enforcement. So we were, uh, we're approaching our negotiation period, um, with our, uh, city and I'm on one of the two associations that, uh, that my agency has. We basically, we have an association for line level officers, um, and then uh, first and second line supervisors, your uh, sergeants and lieutenants. Um, and then we were we were in this meeting with the fire department as well out here where, where I work. We've got a great relationship with the fire department. Um, and so we were able to go into into this sort of uh, pre-negotiation meeting to all get on the same page. And uh, that way we can all ask for more or less the same stuff and have the, this uh, – United front. We've got a supportive city, supportive city council. So I don't think anything that we're asking for is too crazy. But uh, in the conversations that we were having, a sergeant in the back of the room uh, piped up and uh, pointed at me. And I was the youngest person in that room um, at 32 years old and, and said something to the effect of, you know, hey, we can't get young dudes, new dudes uh, to fill beats when people are off work. And I just like, he just didn't get it. Why is that? Um, you know, we, we need to pay them more money. Uh, that was, that was sort of the, the answer that came up that instead of time and a half, we need to pay double time, uh, or something along those lines. And he was like, I just don't get it. You know, it's pensionable overtime. Um, 
it's uh, it's beneficial towards their career in the long run, um, which is all true. But where he was uh, uh, kind of missing the point a little bit was um, the the difference. Like I've said, this generational difference. He's an old school dude. I think he got hired in the in the mid to late nineties. Um, I got hired in twenty sixteen. So I explained to him, look, man, I can go sit in an intersection and do traffic control in the middle of the night for like north of $60 an hour, not have to write any reports, not really have to do anything. And you can counter that and be like, well, you're lazy. And I can counter that and say, at least I know I'm going home on time to my family. Uh, there was this, uh, this statistic that I saw the other day that uh, uh, millennial parents spend it was some something crazy. It was like seventy percent more time with seventy uh, percent uh, more time with their family uh, than they did with their um, or than they than they had previously. Um, sorry, I'm trying to get Bluetooth going here. Maybe the sound can come up a little bit better. There we go. Okay, so you guys listening in over Instagram might get sound a little bit better now. Um, try and keep those levelers the same. So I, I explained to him, I said, look, man, I'm uh, A, I do, especially newer officers, right? Like the, the subcontractor rate that we make sitting in an intersection is set. And no matter whether you've been here a year and you're just off of probation or you've been here 20 years, the amount of money that you make is the same. Um, whereas to go and cover a beat on my day off. If I'm a newer officer, I might be making $45 an hour. Well, the math there is pretty easy. And it's actually, I think our subcontractor rate is north of $65 an hour. So there's a $20 an hour, uh, $20 an hour difference for me to cover a beat, uh, get shafted with reports, uh, take enforcement action versus me just sitting in an intersection. Well, okay, but your, your time's not pensionable. The other issue, and I will say on my generation, is that we're not necessarily considering uh, retirement. Not right now, right? Like with mortgage rates, guys, I, hell, I tried to go buy a Bronco the other day, um, or I at least called a guy and asked him about trading in my car for, uh, uh, for a Bronco. And the estimated value of my car had dropped something like $10,000 uh, over the course of a week, which I still suspect that that's something he did on his end. Um, cause I was just talking to this dude on the phone, but I was going to get hit with an interest rate of like 6.8 something percent. My current interest rate is 2.99. Um, same thing with, with my house, right? Like I have a very low interest rate on this house that my wife and I bought in 2016. Um, but even still, like I got bills to pay. I want money now. I don't want money later on. I mean, I do. Okay. I want money later on, but I want money right now because money right now solves my right now problems. And it's a lot quicker and easier for me to just jam out to sit in an intersection for 10 hours, uh, you know, from, uh, not, you know, eight to seven, 8 PM to 7 AM or, or whatever it is, uh, or 8 PM to 6 AM quick math. Um, then it is to, uh, to go into a station, get all my shit on and, uh, and push out to a beat. So that I think is, uh, is something worth discussing with your own agencies as far as, Hey, how do we solve or, or work to, uh, 
temper the staffing crisis. Uh, putting putting your officers that are already working into beats on their day off is not going to solve a staffing crisis. In fact, you're just going to see a higher level of burnout um, than you ever have uh, before. Um, and that's something else worth talking about. This is not policing post 9-11. My brother-in-law was a, uh, is still a police officer, but he remembers policing post 9-11. Um, and you couldn't do, according to him, you could do no wrong, right? And uh, that's not completely accurate, but you had a lot more support than you do out there right now. Um, uh, additionally, there's there's call for service types that didn't exist 20 years ago uh, that now exist, right? My, I am a sex crimes detective. My unit used to have something like eight detectives. We have nine detectives now, if you include our sex offender registry position. Um, but there were eight detectives, and between the eight of them, they would get like 100 cases in a year because it was hands-on offenses only. Whereas now we're getting almost a hundred cases each per year. Uh, the eight of us, uh, our sex offender registry detective is on call, but other than that, she doesn't take a, uh, like in basket cases. So you've just got a higher level of uh, a higher tempo, um, than, uh, than you ever have, uh, before. So just something to, uh, to consider. I mean, we, we remember, uh, and I say we, not, not me personally, I'll get into my personal story here for a minute, but going back to that percentage of millennials spending something like 60 to 70% more time with their families than, than their parents did. Look, my dad worked his ass off to give my mom and my sister and I a really good life. Um, and we have benefited greatly from, from his work efforts. Um, and my dad, probably ran himself a little bit ragged, burning the candles at both ends, running the company out of two states, traveling constantly. That man still managed to show up to, uh, to little league games and to, to hockey games. Um, and to, uh, to be there, you know, for me growing up, there were a lot of people that can't say that about their parents. And so we want to be home with our families. We value time at home more than we value time at work. And it is this paradox of, okay, I want money right now to solve my right now financial problems, but I also don't, I don't want to work more than I have to, right? I want to do my 40 and then I'm out. Um, and I think that's the other thing that comes into it is that if I sign up to go sitting in an intersection for 10 hours for road construction, traffic control or whatever, I've made that decision. I have chosen to do that as opposed to being told, Hey, you got to hold over or, Hey, you need to come in and work this beat. Um, and some, some guys are cool with it. some dudes are, uh, they love themselves some OT and maybe they recognize that it's beneficial because it's pensionable overtime. Whereas doing essentially subcontractor work, we're, we're like on a 1099 to do, to go sit in an intersection. Um, that doesn't do anything for you in the long run. Um, but they're in, um, I've also got 19 years left. Because in Arizona, we've got to work 25 instead of 20 to uh, to get to retirement. We're no longer in Arizona. We're no longer vested with um, uh, with our pension money. Anytime that I leave preceding that 25th anniversary, I can only take the money that I've put into it as opposed to the money that has also been put into it on my behalf. Um. There are agents, Arizona used to get vested at like 10 years. Um, 
their agency's Orange County Sheriff's Department out in California. You're vested, so far as I'm aware, and this might be an old, uh, an old fact, but so far as I'm aware, you're vested at like three years or five years, something crazy like that. Um, so, I, I mean, that, that whole discussion of how do we fix the staffing crisis, how do we, um, how do we inspire or, or uh, shit, I think at this point, how do we coerce officers to work, to work more than their 40 hours? You've got to get back with post in, in your individual states, whatever your governing body is, right? Peace officer standards and training. We have AZ post. Um, I think California, they call it, but I think every Texas, I think is T Cole or something along those lines, but whatever you call that, somebody's got to take the fight to them. Those board positions are typically manned by either bureaucrats or people who have been uh, or are retired from law enforcement. You might see current and active law enforcement officers filling board member positions, um, but few and far between. And so you've got to get out to the people who make these decisions and say, look, you need to take us back down to a 20 year retirement. This is untenable. We age in dog years. The average number of pension checks that a police officer collects on retirement is 18. You get one check per month. So when you retire and you collect that first check, 17, 16, 15. That's, that's the law of averages for police officers in the United States. And when you get to zero, you're dead. So you've got to get us back down to a 20-year retirement. You've got to get us back to being vested. Don't tell me the pension system's broken. We've been working with the pension system for how many decades? You know, and inflation sucks. There are people who took a pension and they were thinking they were rolling in the dough at making, you know, 25, 30 bucks an hour back in the early 2000s. And now they're probably having to go find a, a second job. The same will probably be true for me when I, whenever I retire out 19 years from now. Um, but we've got to do more than it's more than an individual agency uh, can do, right? Individual agencies can throw money at uh, at a problem. You got Mesa Police Department, um, uh, Lifetime Medical. Well, you've got some city managers are saying that that's completely untenable, that that is financially irresponsible, and that will lead to the bankruptcy of cities. I don't know. I don't get paid enough to make those decisions or or learn a, a whole hell of a lot about that. Um, but agencies have got to do their part, but they've also got to be working with post and it doesn't need to be confrontational. But if you think AZ post answers to a few hundred law enforcement agencies in the state of Arizona, maybe, I don't know. I don't actually know how many police departments there are in the state of Arizona. I'm going to say 120, 130, um, maybe a little bit more than that, a little bit less. Um, but you get all those agencies on board going to post I think somebody's going to have to make a decision up there. Um, these generational differences in sort of brief summary, I want money right now that solves my right now problems. I'm not overly concerned about retirement because again, I guess I could look at it as I've got those extra five years that uh, a lot of people 
I mean, you can still work your, your, a lot of people do work 25 years, but I've got those extra five years that I have to be here in order to hit my retirement. So, okay, I've got a little bit of time there. I'm six years into my career. Um, but I'm more inclined to go sit in an intersection, not take paper on something and get paid more money than I currently make uh, working overtime uh, than I am to go, hey, I'll cover a beat. And you can pull the whole, well, you're not being a team player, you're being lazy. That that dog ain't going to hunt. It's only going to get you so far, right? That adversarial attitude towards your your new crop of law enforcement officers is is going to fall on deaf ears. Um, you got to remember we, we grew up with, <laughs> we grew up with all sorts of shit of, uh, uh, you know, people not wanting to, uh, to get kicked while they're down or people not wanting to take a lot of shit. So you can call us gentle and, um, you know, you can spit the word millennial out of your mouth all you want. But the fact of the matter is millennials are, are cops now. Hell, you're, you got Gen Z, the Gen Z that are cops, but your millennials are cops, doctors, firefighters, uh, airline pilots, teachers, uh, government officials, um, you know, high, high level CEOs of major, major industries, um, shitting on us is not going to get you anywhere that that should probably just go by the wayside now. Although I'm sure that you got shit on by the baby boomers, you know, it's just, uh, there's, there's the real issue that we need to, we need to fix. Everybody is, is not being assholes to our individual generations. Um, but we also just want to work our 40 and be done with it more and more. The more you tell us you need to stay, you need to cover, you need to stay, you need to cover the less inclined I'm going to be to do that in the future. I'll do it a couple times. Hey, I got this. Don't worry about it, boss. Cause I understand that I am a team player as part of a larger organization. I became a cop to be a part of something bigger than myself, but damn it. It's real easy to say that when you're 25 years old, and you're not married, maybe you're newly married, or you don't have any kids yet. Right? My son's now at the age where if I have to leave for work and he's awake and aware of it, uh, which is about 50% of the time, because I usually leave for work at about 6 a.m., um, he doesn't want me to leave. If I'm on call on a weekend and I have to leave in the middle of hanging out with him, he's crushed. He's, like, devastated. For I'm sure for only a little while. Like, he's fine after after an hour or so, or maybe not even, maybe he's fine after five minutes. I don't really know. Um, but it's harder and harder for us to, to walk away from that, uh, to walk away from that family life. And then I can pick a day, you know, we, we use an app, at least at my agency, I can pick a day and go, Oh, cool. Hey, I can go, all right, he's going to be at school or he's going to be asleep. I can pick my extra overtime to go sit in this intersection. Um, so it's, it's something worth talking about. I will say that, uh, uh, my generation certainly needs to, uh, I, me, I specifically need to be better with preparing for retirement and with, uh, with, uh, my finances. Uh, I made some less than intelligent financial decisions this year. I'm wearing one of them on my wrist right now. Um, uh, and, and I understand the value of working pensionable overtime. I do. But again, I, I'm going to come back to my new favorite phrase. I want my right now money to solve my right now problems. So getting working 10 hours and then having uh, working 10 hours of 1099 subcontractor work uh, 
and getting, you know, you set some, make sure you set some of that aside for taxes, right? Let's, let's learn those lessons now, guys. That's my hot tiny financial tip to you. Uh, but say you set aside 20% of whatever that dollar amount is so that you can pay your taxes next April. Um, but I'm not getting medical insurance, life insurance, dental insurance, union dues, um, all this added shit, uh, taken out of it. I'm not getting, uh, you know, money for my deferred comp taken out of it. I'm not getting money for my pension taken out of it. I'm getting that full amount. And so working and getting that full amount is beneficial to me. Why? We all have our own reasons. I've got a car payment. I've got a mortgage. Uh, I've got my son's uh, preschool that I need to pay for. Childcare costs are through the roof right now. I am so happy that he's not in diapers anymore. Holy shit. Um, and he eats normal food, which I think might actually cost more money because then you buy a thing of chicken nuggets and then he only eats two of them. But that's that's neither here nor there. That's an issue that everybody has. That's probably an international issue. Um, I forgot where I was going with that. I'm sure I was on a roll. Let me drink some more coffee. Andrew Austere, TACMED. Cheers, man. What's good? Uh, I believe Andrew is on my list for August 18th. Austere, TACMED. Uh, check out his page. He's got a website up and going. You can go buy some uh, some good nylon products to help you out in the field. Um, there's my little uh, my shout out for, uh, for Andrew. Uh, uh, Mike Loop and Door Jam as well. Those dudes have both helped me out immensely. Dark Horse Lionheart, always good, man. Um, make sure you're following along with him. Force Frontier, uh, if you're out in the uh, uh, the Northeast, uh, I think Force Frontier is specifically out of Ohio, but they will travel around a little bit. Uh, that sort of tri- tri-state area there with uh, uh, is it Kentucky and Illinois. Um, so check, uh, check them out as well. Um, Yeah, that was I was trying to buy myself a little bit of time to remember where I was going with my uh, my rant and rave there. But oh, I, I do remember. Yes, I was saying that I've got a car payment. I've got a mortgage. Um, paying those things off now is, is to me that is a more beneficial target than setting money aside for retirement or working pensionable overtime. Right. Because if I can get my house paid off, um Jason Mao, speak to keep it up, brother, speak the truth. Absolutely, man. It's just, you know, uh, honesty. I think that honesty without overt confrontation, I think is what is going to, to get us a little bit further. Um, you know, I, I still run into to people from time to time. Here's my little tangent. I still run into people from time to time. To go, hey, don't say that, man. You shouldn't say that. Why not? Am I lying about anything? Well, no, it just doesn't sound good. Don't give a shit. I will say this. My generation now, these millennials, uh, I said, same goes with, with Gen X and the baby boomers. Uh, Gen Z, well, maybe, I, I don't know. Um, there, I was about to shit talk on, on my next generation. Um, those of us that are willing to go into this position value honesty and zero bullshit above a lot of other things. Uh, Osir Tachmed retirement is one of the things I make sure to cover with my trainees. Absolutely. And the sergeant who, and, and he was being an asshole. I, I should have prefaced that when in, in this, this pre-contract negotiation meeting that we had, the sergeant was not being a dick when he pointed at me. I was just the youngest person in the room. Therefore I was the representative of my entire generation within my police department. 
And he pointed at me and said, I can't get my young dudes to work OT or to cover beats. Um, but they're more than willing to go. Um, uh, they're more than willing to, to go sit in an intersection for 10 hours. And again, it's, it's, I've talked about it's, it's fast, quick money. It is, it is less work, whether you like it or not. I say I'm lazy. There's no denying that sitting in an intersection with my rear decks on, um, in the air conditioning is a lot less work than taking collision reports, going to DVs, fucking barking dog calls, which shouldn't even be a call type anymore. Um, it, it's easier for me to go sit in an intersection. He was one of my FTOs in one of my specialty weeks. And he was the only person during my FTO period, which was 16 weeks long. He's the only person that I can remember who sat and talked to me on the entire 10 hour day in his unmarked car as we drove around um, uh, looking to be to do to do proactive police work. Um, when we weren't doing proactive police work the entire day, he sat and talked with me about planning for retirement. And you know what? I didn't listen to him. I didn't. Here's here's my my financial advice. This is completely based off of I'm not a financial person, so take it for what it's worth. When you start your career, when you start at the very beginning of your career and you're filling out your paperwork, how much money do you want to set aside into your, we have a 457 deferred comp, which is sort of like a 401k. You can sort of think of it as a, uh, you know, a, a similar uh, process. We have a max amount that can be, a maximum amount that can be contributed and it's a pre-tax amount. And it might be difficult to wrap your brain around. Again, if you're not a financial person, where I was struggling was like, okay, so I can put $450 out of my check aside every pay period towards my deferred comp. Well, hang on now. I need that $450, right? That's that's a car payment. I need that $450. That's a third of my mortgage. I need that $450. That's two weeks worth of groceries. I need that. So, But not under failing to understand that it's pre-tax. And so what you actually fail or not, well, what you don't get is substantially less than that. So you're you have $450 taken out pre-tax. What you might see um, on your paycheck is maybe like, and I don't know exactly what it is, but it might be a little over $100 less per pay period. Oh, okay. Well, hey, that's much more tenable. But when you do that at the beginning of your career, that money's just gone. It doesn't exist. You're used to not having it. You are used from the, from the day, from the day, very first day that you start collecting a paycheck as a sworn peace officer you are accustomed to a certain amount of money, right? Say it's, I don't know, $1,500 a paycheck. Um, uh, and whereas I sit there and I go, hey, I will, hey, cool, I've got $1,750 a paycheck. But you're putting away three times the amount that I am for, for retirement. So there's there's something to be said uh, to be said for that. Older guys expect... Uh, expect younger guys to live the job like they did. That's very true. Um, younger guys want a healthier work-life balance. Absolutely. And you know what? Hey, I, I, I can probably go to therapy and my department will pay for, uh, actually, I think there's one therapist that we can go to as many times as we want and it's completely paid for, no questions asked. Um, but I really like getting on an airplane and going somewhere with an ocean. That's my therapy. Um, but damn, that shit's expensive. <laughs> so we all have our hobbies right there. I work with guys uh, that are, you know, season ticket holders to baseball games. That's their thing. 
that is there. They're going to unplug and unwind from that. I work with people who have fifth wheels and toy haulers and uh, cabins up in Northern Arizona, um, uh, boats, dirt bikes, whatever that, that thing for them is, they want to be able to go and do that. And they want to do it now. I think a large part of that is the exposure in social media. Uh, I mean, we see travel constantly on so well, at least on my page, that whole for you page, sleeker tactical. Great to see you too, William miss you, buddy. Uh, you're not missing much. It's 140 fucking degrees outside. Stay in Michigan, <laughs> at least until it cools off and then come back. Um, but with social media, I see the people on the boats. I see the people out on cruises and on vacations and, you know, gallivanting around Europe. Hell, I want to go to Africa. Do you have any idea how much an African safari is? I was blown away. Uh, <laughs> my friend Jess says she hugs her dogs a lot. Free therapy. I like it. Um, just got to stay up on those vet bills. Make sure you pay the county what they're owed for their tags. Um, uh, but your dog's a great therapist. I often think that some of our dogs need therapy. They're just like, man, my human dumped a shitload of stuff on me last week and I just need a minute. Um, I think that when we travel and I board our dogs uh, at a local place, I think that's that's my dog's version of vacation. They seem to to get a kick, to get a kick out of it. So, um, but I want to get it. I don't want to look at the future and say, um, oh, I'll go and uh, Andy Sebra, uh, I'll go and uh, and travel as much as I want when I retire. No, remember 18, 18 pension checks. I get 18 months of retirement on average. I personally would like to live to be into my nineties. My grandmother was 98. Um, my other grandmother still alive at, I believe around 80 ish years old. Um, I would like to live to be in my eighties or nineties and see great grandchildren. That sounds fucking amazing. That sounds really cool. Um, but on the off chance that I end up as the statistical average for this organization or for the, I should say for this career, I don't want to get to how, how old will I be? I can retire at 52 years old and I can start drawing at 52 and a half. So that's well, at least for my 457 a pension. I got to wait a little while longer. Um, so I wouldn't even get any pension checks. We die at an average of 55 years old, 55 to 57. Right. Um, and I'm not, not trying to like put anybody down. Anybody listen to this who wants to be a coffee sitting there like, oh God, I'm going to die at 57 years old. No, you're not. We're much more aware of that now. We've got health programs, nutritionists, gyms, all this kind of stuff. Um, uh, side note, and it, now is not the time to really jump into it. I'm starting, I, well, I filed the paperwork for a nonprofit organization um, to help combat that average, uh, that statistical average. We will cover that more when I'm ready to, uh, to announce it. Uh, it's slow going. Like I said, I've been busier than shit and I'm a one man, one man show. So, uh, my wife was kind enough to help me file that paperwork. Um, but she's got, she's got two jobs and we've got a three-year-old. So, uh, we'll get there when we get there. Um, you know, my biggest problem is going off on these tangents because then I forget where I was going with them. I, uh, I need to take that alpha brain stuff that Joe Rogan talks about. Or maybe just keep drinking coffee. I don't really know. So I felt like I was on a good roll there. Um, at any rate, yes, I remember where I was at. I want to do the things that I want to do, and I want to do them now. I don't want to wait 
to get to my retirement and say, hey, cool, I can walk away from this place with my head held high, start collecting a pension check. I'm going to go to Europe next year. And the next year doesn't come. I've worked with a number of people who retired, got their shadow box, and didn't see the end of the month. And that's a fucking shame. Because those dudes would have enjoyed the hell out of retirement. I want to do the things I want to do, and I want to do them now. Because I understand life is fleeting and it's short. And I very well could also be a person who gets my shadow box from whoever the chief of police is that day when I retire and 15 days later not be on this planet anymore. I'm not going to make all these grand plans for a day that I can't guarantee. Now, I can't even guarantee tomorrow. But tomorrow is a hell of a lot closer than 19 years from now. So I think that that's probably one of the biggest generational differences in policing is that we just want to make money, work our time that we have to work, our 40, spend time with our family, spend time doing things, spend time doing the things that we love, and that's it. Not make the job our life, right? I don't want to, what is that saying? I want to live to work. I don't want to work to live. And I mean, on that note, there are still police departments that think it's acceptable. And it, well, I shouldn't say it's on the, it's not on the police department, you know, wholly on the police department. There are still cities, city councils and county boards of supervisors who determine it acceptable to pay their officers substandard wages. 22.50 an hour, 27.50 an hour for the job that they do. There are police departments who still approach a recruiting as you should be fucking thankful we even took a look at you. When really, we should be standing at the front. We don't need to coddle recruits. That is not going to do us any good at all in the long run. Hell, it's not going to do us any good in the short run either. Um, that got dark, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. That's what, I, that's what I'm good at, right? Um, but there are police departments who approach recruiting as, hey, thank you for taking a look at us. Here's what we can offer you. As opposed to, you should be thankful we even looked at you. Right, when I started testing, it was if you got picked, oh, a hello lottery winner. Yeah, count your lucky stars. I just don't know that it's that way anymore. Because why would I go and work this job for substandard wages, and I, I make good money. I will. I am not shit talking on my agency, not at all. But why would a person go and work for an agency that pays them substandard wages when they can go work for fucking waste management up in Scottsdale and make better money with a lot less stress? Hell, if I want to be involved in law enforcement, I'll go work for Axon. Axon's a global organization. They've got remote work. If you don't live in one of their states where they have an office, they've got remote work opportunities, whatever. Uh, 
there's a, a an eighty thousand pilot shortage worldwide, a shortage of airline pilots. You want to talk about travel? Hell, get paid to travel. As soon as the engines spool up, you start making damn good money. I say that because I see my good buddy Brett who just joined in. Brett and I growing up, uh, Brett wanted to be a police officer, uh, and I was taking flight lessons. I know how the turntables have turned because Brett's a damn good pilot, and I'm a, I don't know, I think I'm a pretty good police officer most days, but um, here we are. Uh, he's going to chime in here in a second and say that they're hiring and I should go and get my hours and just come and be an airline pilot. The thought has crossed my mind, I promise. That's actually, I think that's my retirement plan, legit. My son will be grown up and out of the house. Um, I'll be retired. I'll need something to keep me busy. And uh, I did tell my wife that when we're no longer paying for our son's tuition for pre-K, uh, once our house is paid off in a few years, I would like to go back and start taking flight lessons again and start building hours and then just sort of walk out of my department on my last day and head on over to a uh, uh, commercial airline. So I think that's what I'm going to do. But at any rate, um, having a plan is is also important. You can't just get to retirement and then be like, cool, I'm going to sit here. Don't get stagnant. Um, do something. You don't need to go and shag carts at your local grocery store, but whatever it is that makes you happy. Uh, we've gotten off the rails a handful of times. It's 37 minutes into what I thought was going to be a 30-minute episode. Um, it did get a little dark there for a minute. For that, I apologize. Uh, August 18th, I'm going to be sending out a message here shortly to <coughs> excuse me, to all the people who uh, were going to be coming on that episode. Um, it's going to be uh, folks coming in over like a basically I'm going to have a conference call. So I'm going to have people who are, who are not local, um, California, Virginia, um, uh, maybe some of the central States there. And then I'm going to have, I probably need to buy another microphone cause I've only got three right now. Um, I'm going to be bringing in uh, a few in uh, studio guests and we're going to talk about recruiting and retention. And we're going to, we're coming at it from multiple standpoints, not only from multiple locations geographically, which I think is good cause you're going to get, you're going to get a little bit of everything, uh, but you're going to see uh, uh, county, local, uh, like city agencies, county agencies, federal, um, and uh, a vast expanse of uh, like time and service. Um, uh, so we can really get kind of a global picture on it. Uh, I would, I fully expect to empty at least one bottle of whiskey that day. Um, I do hope so. My bar cart's overflowing anyways, and now my uh, little cabinet that was set aside uh, to house a couple of my nicer bottles of whiskey is full because I have gotten a couple gifts uh, from people lately, uh, friends, and I do appreciate that. Um, you can always ply me with liquor. So, um, yeah, I'm going to get a message out to the people that are coming on that episode, August 18th. That's going to be, uh, I have big plans for that episode. I, I, I hope it lives up to my expectations. Uh, it will be coming out whatever the following Wednesday is, uh, is when I release episodes, uh, Wednesday, Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, and we will uh, go from there. The other one last piece of advice that I'm going to give people is my wife got me, if you're on Instagram Live, you can see that. My wife got me a little journal thing. Um, uh, I have never actually given any thought to journaling. Um, I think I tried once when I was in like middle school uh, and, you know, listening to my chemical romance. I didn't have the asymmetrical haircut, um, but, uh, you know, 
yeah, you listen to to a little MCR and uh, uh, thrice, right? You know, uh, Jason, let me know if you ever want to talk about survival in the aftermath. Hey, absolutely, Jason. Uh, and so far as I'm aware, you are local. Uh, I do pass by. I do pass by your name every now and then. I see it up on a plaque. Uh, as far as I believe it was, uh, I think it says PT Studs on it. Um, uh, <laughs> I can't remember exactly what it says, but I think you're still local. So we'll get you in here, man, and just have you sit across from me and. Uh, would love to sit down and, and talk with Jason about that. Uh, Jason.mow, M-O-W. Um, go ahead and, uh, and follow along with him as well. He's got a couple books out. Um, but yeah, we will keep pushing the ball down the field uh, for the time being. Um, these episodes, as you all, I've been made more than aware. I think this is my third episode this year. Um, life happens. Um, I've got my job in person's crimes. I'm doing a little bit of recruiting uh, to to ease the transition that I eventually make into my new role. Um, I, I'm a husband, I'm a father, uh, still got, uh, all my, my day-to-day stuff going on in life. So these episodes might get a little few and far between, but August 18th, for sure. Uh, if I have just one of the people show up that I plan on having this show, an op, uh, an episode will be recorded. So, um, I hope to get more and more episodes out to you and really, uh, ramp up, uh, distribution, uh, once again. So thank you all for sticking around. I do appreciate every single one of you. Um, uh, truly from the bottom of my heart. Uh, I would do this if just one of you was listening. Uh, I, I do enjoy having these discussions. Uh, uh, fewer and fewer episodes though, will be just me talking. I'll have those history time episodes coming out. Um, that's just me, but I've been accused of having a phone sex voice and I don't want to make anybody uncomfortable. So that's why it's beneficial that I get somebody in my studio here, uh, to sit and talk with. So, that's all I got for today, guys. Uh, let me know your thoughts on generational differences in law enforcement. Uh, we can revisit this in our episode on the 18th. Um, and uh, uh, it's something that uh, we can't escape. It's it's just going to keep on happening. Uh, one day the millennials will be chiefs and lieutenants and commanders and captains. And we'll probably be sitting there wondering why whatever comes after Gen Z is doing whatever they do. Um, so it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be an interesting ride if you're in it for the long haul. Uh, with that, stay safe, y'all. I'll see you on the road.